Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, people? Welcome to the House and Growls show. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the House and Growls Timberwolves newsletter. And this podcast is proudly brought to you by SB Nation and Canis Hoopus. As usual, we are back today with Cooper Carlson from the Timberwolves Daily YouTube channel. We're going over the trade deadline, all of the ins and outs, the fun bits, the not so fun bits, all of the good stuff that surrounds the trade deadline, which is Always a fun time on the NBA calendar. Of course, we talked about D'Angelo Russell and his time in Minnesota and now Mike Conley and what he can bring to Minnesota, especially alongside Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards. And we talked about Nas Reed and Jalen Noel and just the ins and outs of, of kind of what went down on deadline day from our perspective. So again, follow Cooper over on YouTube at Timberwolves Daily and please enjoy the show. All right, hello everybody. Timberwolves Daily YouTube channel. We're back post trade deadline today. Trade deadline was like six hours ago now, and we're here recording, talking all about it. The Wolves made one move, sending D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers. Of course, getting back Conley, three seconds, Nikhil Alexander Walker. But to talk about it all, I'm here with Jake Painting. Jake, how are you? Shout out your content this year. How's it been going? Yeah, it's been going good. Um, always good to get some trade deadline stuff to talk about. I mean, good for for us, good for content, good for just Wolves things to talk about. Um, you can find my content over at houseandgrowls.substack.com, which is a, a newsletter. I've been putting out stuff pretty much every day. Um, player ratings is kind of the thing that most people seem to gravitate towards, but I'm kind of doing a, um, a lot of deep dives and X's and O's stuff as well for the Wolves. So yeah, it's fun, and I'm sure that this uh, little wrinkle in the season will only make it more fun. Yeah, of course, and it it was a fun deadline day. I mean, around the NBA, it was crazier yeah. than I thought it would be. Yeah. Are, you're in us. Were you awake for it all, or like, what's the time zone? Um, yes, so the D'Lo trade was at about 9 a.m., I think was the first tweet before it was kind of finalized when we first got the word of it. Uh, well, the game the game was at one p.m. So yeah, maybe around nine or ten a.m. We first started hearing about it. Obviously, finalized by about twelve o'clock. Um, and then the Kevin Durant stuff was <laughs> last night for me, which was um, I don't know, maybe eight o'clock at night. So I had a pretty okay. um, kind of good time for that. And then all of the weird stuff that happened was this morning. Uh, I was up early. I went for a run in the morning. And I had my AirPods in and Subtle I just brag. started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I go for about three runs a year. So, like, <laughs> I'm still in the New Year's resolution part of my year. Um, but then, yeah, my, I just started getting ding, ding, dings for 
all of those little trades and all the kind of periphery stuff that was going on. So I managed to catch it all, which has not always been the case. Sometimes uh, I am sleeping when all this stuff goes down. But I think maybe even compared to, you know, all of my friends over there in the US, I probably had a better time for the KD <laughs> stuff at least. Like everyone was complaining about not being able to sleep and I was just eating dinner, kind of scrolling Twitter. So, um, yeah. Dude, that stuff's weird because it, it was midnight here and, you know, pretty much that same time for everyone else around here. It's like, are they they're just on the phones and at 12 a.m. they're like, yep, let's now's the time to announce. It's crazy <laughs> to me. Like, just, I don't know. It, it is what it is. But 12.05 a.m. I heard Kevin Durant is a Phoenix son. It was like, all right, I'll stay up a bit longer. But yeah, no, they anyways, they're not yeah. they're not sleeping those GMs on <laughs> in trade deadline week. Like you think they could just wait until the morning to announce it or announce right. it, you know, a few hours earlier. <laughs> but I guess when you get Kevin Durant, the Phoenix side were probably pretty keen to leak that news as, as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, aside from Tim Connolly, as soon as he made that D'Lo trade, those GMs were not sleeping, but Tim only <laughs> made the one move. No, who knows? But the one move, of course, as I mentioned at the beginning, D'Angelo Russell traded to the Lakers, and there's, you know, a bunch of different players going different places, but basically the Wolves got back Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and three second-round picks, which at the end of the day was like the low end of second-round picks. There was five yeah. sent for Jay Crowder, so like, you know, whatever they also got five, and Walker, five like... for Gary Payton to right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah second hell? round picks were flying around. I could I I kept having to reread these Woj and Shams tweet because yeah. that never wasn't... happens. Yeah, like it was like five five second round picks. So I mean, I feel like Timber the Timberwolves made out pretty well with three of them, even though that was kind of agreed uh, in line, I guess, with the market considering how many were were flying around for every, every other team, but. Well, especially think, when you consider the the players they got back to, like it wasn't just right. The picks. Exactly, yeah. I, I think if the picks were kind of just sweeteners, then if you get three picks, even if they are second round picks, then I think you're pr- pretty happy with that. Like, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker is one of those players who could probably go either way. I guess he's probably at a crossroads in terms of his NBA yeah, career nice at the him. moment. Yeah, and and I always like to give those guys a chance. I mean, we've probably seen plenty of guys who have been at that crossroads and gone the way where they end up really productive players and obviously a lot that go the other way and kind of fall out of the league in a few years but it was nice to see uh today that that Chris Finch is a really big fan of Alexander Walker and I think that he probably wasn't purely a throw-in uh and, and maybe Finch has some plans to get him into the rotation at some point or at least see what he has to offer in obviously on the practice court and just being around the team which I think is handy. I mean, we saw that with Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt a few years ago where Vando was kind of just this <clears throat> bench warmer in Denver. And now True. he had a really good season, obviously, for Minnesota. And now he was part of a trade package that, that Los Angeles are very happy about. He was part of a trade package that Utah were very happy about. So these guys can can go one way or another pretty quickly. And I know that Alexander Walker isn't, the headliner of this deal like it's not really someone that i expected to be talking about first here but i do i do think that him being more than just a throwaway piece is probably another tick in the box of tim conley who doesn't have a whole lot of ticks next to his name right now for his timbles tenure he's, he's working his way up he's my not looks good at least but anyways yeah you're right i mean 
it's maybe there were like three guys presented as possible throw-ins and finch was like hey i like this guy a lot right. so they got the guy they wanted of course conley is the guy they wanted but aside from him the secondary player that they got they seem to like quite a bit and i mean i don't i'm not too familiar with his game i know he's i mean if you look at the statistics estimated plus minus 93rd percentile defensively like we'll see if he gets some extended run here i don't know what his roles gonna look like we like we're trying to carve out roles for like eight different wings right now we'll see but it's good insurance and yeah i mean unless you have any alexander walker takes we'll get to the big big guys of the no, trade here. no i don't have any <laughs> alexander walker takes i do have my best friend is a pelicans fan and he loved alexander walker when he was there um i think you know in the same way that we probably loved Leandro Bolmaro for, sure, like, for a yeah, short yeah. time or something <laughs> like that. Like, so, but I do think that um, he's a player with a lot of potential. I think that's pretty much my only take. Whether he reaches that potential is probably on the more unlikely side than likely at this point. But um, yeah, Mike Conley's obviously the headline here, and I think it's probably worth talking about him compared to Nikhil Alexander-Walker. <laughs> and we will now do so. Yes, Mike Conley, <laughs> the player that the Wolves got back. Of course, he will now be the starting, you know, the main point guard of this team. The, you know, people look at him, he's 35 years old now. He's got a couple years, well, one more year left on his contract after this for 24 mil, but only partially guaranteed. But he comes in as more of a pure point guard, more of a solid veteran presence that the Wolves can put around Anthony Edwards. And of course, he's worked well with Rudy Gobert. The hope is that he's going to look much better with Carl Anthony Towns and just be a stabilizing force for guys like Ant and Jaden. Like, you look at the point guards Ant's had throughout his career, right? Ricky Rubio, Patrick Beverly, even D'Lo, and now Mike Conley. Like, it's been a nice group, and Conley should fit nicely here. Your initial reaction, just like your first takeaway, I guess, when you saw Conley here, and you, you like the move overall? Yeah, I like the move. I mean, we already discussed the the little sweeteners, which I thought were a nice touch. But we could do it again. Of... We could talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when eight almost nine minutes into this, I think if we talk right. for another three minutes about the <laughs> other players, then you're gonna you're gonna lose viewers real quick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that Conley. I mean, I, I I like the deal. I think that Conley is a really good player. Um, not a great player, obviously a declining player. I mean, we all know what. Mike Conley was in his prime a few years ago, and that was a really great player. But right now you get steadiness, you know, um, reliability in terms of he knows what he can do and he knows what he can't do. We know what he can do and what he can't do, which I think was always the problem with D'Lo is that he was just so volatile. Um, it was so hard to to pinpoint what you would get from Russell every night, whether you you know, if he had a bad game, was that bad game going to stretch for a 10-game span? When he had a good game, was he going to shoot well for a month or a month and a half like he has recently? Um, and I think with Conley, you probably, not that he's faultless for sure. He, I think he's he's a, he's a bad defender. At this point of yeah. his career, he's a, he's a bad defender. I mean, Utah have been getting waxed defensively. I think that's maybe, there may be eight points per 100 possessions better when he's off the court defensively. Um, which is worse than D'Lo um, in terms of Minnesota's system, which it's a tough uh, stat to kind of compare apples to apples with. Like, um, But he's not a good defender. He's lost a step there. He's still wily as a defensive player as in, in terms of he still has that 
that basketball mentality defensively, but he has lost a step. But I think you were willing to just eat the fact that you're not going to be good defensively from the point guard position, just like you were really bad with D'Lo on the court. The difference is obviously that you you subtract some of that pull-up shooting and the mid-range scoring ability, the ability to create their their own shot for say you know twenty to twenty-five percent usage rate um, level, and you replace it with a guy who's probably going to give you fifteen percent usage rate, knock down catch and shoot threes, and the thing that everyone has talked spoke about already is that. He worked really well with Rudy Gobert. He worked really well with Walker Kessler, who is kind of baby Gobert. He worked really well with Laurie Markkinen, who is kind of similar to Carl Anthony Towns. He worked really well with Donovan Mitchell, who is kind of similar to Anthony Edwards. And he worked really well with Jordan Clarkson, who is, you know, kind of the the low end of, of Anthony Edwards between maybe Anthony Edwards and Donovan Mitchell. Like that's, you know, Jordan Clarkson is that that super hot and cold scorer who demands a lot of usage himself. So Conley's track record of playing with players who are at least ballpark similar to Anthony Edwards, uh, sorry, to Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards is very, very good. And whether he's old or not, whether the, you know, the contract situation, um, we've all spoken about it a million times, you know, you need to kick the can down the road. You needed to fill that salary slot. That's not really... Uh, it's obviously important and we all have to think about it as as Timberwolves writers and analysts and bloggers or whatever. But for me, I'm not a big contract salary cap guy. Like <laughs> I understand that it need to be, needed to be done, but I'm looking on the court and I, I see a guy who fits better. I see a guy who fits the culture better, the culture that still needs to be kind of ironed out for sure. I see a guy who fits their best players better. And especially I see a guy who fits the player that they just dumped every asset that they have into like whether you hate Rudy Gobert and hate Tim Conley like that's fair I'm willing to listen to all of those arguments but at the end of the day they have him like Rudy Gobert is here why not just make the most of him why not just squeeze every last drop out of the the orange that you can squeeze out of it because if you're not then you're just missing like the the Gobert trade is not going to get any better unless you do things to make it get better and I know that's you know, some people would say that's just digging, trying to dig yourself out of the hole. But like, they're in the hole, man. You know, like yeah. they they dug the, well hole. Dig into not, the hole. They're right? not. Yeah, like you may as well keep digging and see if it goes to China. Like because right <laughs> now you just you can't climb back out of the hole that you dug. So you may as well see if there's some gold underneath it. Like and Rudy Gobert is a really really good player when he's utilized correctly and when he's playing well. And yeah. It's no guarantee that Conley makes him play well. Like it's no guarantee that he's the Go Bear Whisperer, but like he's the best choice they have right now. And and D'Angelo Russell wasn't good with Go Bear. And from what we're hearing and reading today, it looks like he would never even wanted to be good with Go Bear. So I think, you know, it's not an A plus move, but it's probably a B or, you know, a B plus. And that's about as good as you're going to get, I think. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, for me, it's you're building around three guys for sure with this Timberwolves team, Anthony Edwards, mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. And when looking for a point guard to maximize those three, the more talented individual is D'Angelo Russell, for sure. Like he's a better, you know, more talented scorer, better player, all that. But the better fit, the better culture leader, the better, you know, guy to just build around those three with is undeniably Mike Conley. I think, I mean, I don't think that's much of an argument. I don't think it should be. 
he maximizes those three better than D'Lo. Like D'Lo's a he's a really good scorer. He might do great things elsewhere, but to me, it just like I've mentioned this to you probably on podcasts. Like it was just always he's got to be somewhere where he can just play his game, whatever that is. Just go out and score because you know he had career low usage rate this year, and he was. Well, we thought he was trying to really get everyone involved and it just didn't seem to really click. He clearly wants to be the scorer. Go do that in LA. Conley is going to know his role. He's going to be able to accept his role. You know, you're not going to be able you're not going to be forced to close with Conley either. If you want to explore different lineups, you can do that. And overall, I think this move just really helps you build around the big three. Of course, the big three, it's funny because the big three, you know, ants, age gap is like four years behind Carl, who's like four years behind Gobert, but we're, 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 we're making it work here. It's, it's good stuff. And then you got 35 year old Conley, who's actually four years ahead of all the others. So yeah. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> so they like, they, they're pretty much like the Olympics, but to your point, which I think is a good one is that I don't think it's a surprise or a coincidence that D'Lo started to play really well this season when he was, vaulted into being the second option on this team and I, and I think maybe through no fault of his own maybe he could learn to adjust to uh, a lower or a lesser role better but like D'Lo is bred to be a guy who has the ball in his hands a lot is asked to score you know say 18 to 25 points a night and is uh, and is allowed to do it in the way that he wants to do it and if he if he gets all those things, he can be the D'Angelo Russell that we saw for the last two months. And that's a guy who's a really good shooter, who feels empowered on the court all the time, who makes good decisions with the ball in his hands, you know, 80 to 90% of the time. He's always going to be a bad defender. But to, to squeeze the most, I said before, you've got to squeeze the most out of Gobert. To squeeze the most out of D'Lo, he has to have a very specific infrastructure around him and role. And... This team just cannot, like, this team healthy can't give him that role. As soon as Towns came back, he was probably going to go back to being way more inconsistent, you know, less assured of himself when he's got other mouths that he has to feed pretty consistently. And I just think the difference between almost like Andrew Wiggins in the opposite way, whereas when you gave Andrew Wiggins too much leash, he became a worse player. And when you you kind of tug that leash back and force him into a small role like they did in Golden State, you got a really, really great version of Wiggins. D'Lo is kind of the opposite, whereas if you don't give him enough leash, you get a really bad version of him. And if you kind of let him take the leash, you get a pretty good version of him that doesn't always lead to, to a very good team. And, you know, he's, he's kind of the quintessential 23 a night on a team who wins 38 games. Like that's, that's D'Lo. I don't think that's, I mean, it sounds like a knock and maybe it is a knock, but I don't think it's, I just think some players are like that. And those players kind of live and die by accepting a new role on a winner or they just be the guy who does that for their whole career and kind of flame out pretty early. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if D'Lo accepts that role because he's going to, he's going to have to now alongside uh, LeBron and AD. So, but I just think that when when Cat came back, with Jaden McDaniels still needing, I think, to gradually take more shots every night, it was just going to it was going to flame out eventually with with D'Lo, and obviously he wasn't even 
going to sign a contract extension. So it probably wouldn't even have been allowed to get to the point where it flamed out. But like, I don't know. It just, it just seems like the logical move. Like you just lose him for nothing or you extend him on massive money and you give him the ball a lot and maybe you get the best out of him and you take the best away from Kat and from Ant and from Jaden and from Rudy as well. So, I mean, this just seemed like a no brainer really. Yeah. I mean, even if it was, Right away, it was kind of reported. We thought it might be a deal for Conley swap. And, you know, that was it was a little weird. I, I'd probably have a similar take, though, just because it's something that had to be done. I'd think, hey, that's probably the only thing that could have been done. Because if, you know, if they could have got more, they would have, of course. But I would have had yeah, I, take. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. sorry, but I don't understand. Like, people saying like that, you know, how could they take that deal? I'm, I promise you if they had a better <laughs> deal, they would take it. Like, they're not just trying to give Danny Ainge players and, and, picks and <laughs> right. you know, like they're not specifically dealing with Utah and Utah only. Like that was the best deal because Delo's value is low. Yeah. I mean, as much as the nice run here has been for him scoring, like league wide, we've heard it. I mean, as much as we might watch and think, Hey, he's playing really well. GMs around the league do not value D'Angelo Russell highly at all, really. So again, this was the best deal they were getting. I like yeah. it. I mean, I'm, from the start, I'm a fan of it. I've also been pro trading D'Lo for months now, so yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. gonna like almost anything. But either way, I'm a fan of where we're at. And you know, there statist- was really yeah, yeah, go for it. There was really only three, like there's like three tiers of teams in my mind when you know you're looking for trade partners for any player who's on an expiring contract. And the first one is contenders who think that that player can get them over the the hump to be, you know, a champion or can really help them in a playoff series or multiple playoff series, which would be, I think, your Jay Crowder's, um, you know, that level of player. That um, role player, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that role player who's who can be on kind of a middling, you know, say 10 to $20 million contract. Um, D'Lo's not that. I don't think, so I don't think any contenders, let's say anyone in the top four of each conference would have touched D'Lo's contract with a 10-foot pole. Because there's no point, even though that contract kind of dissipates in the off season and you don't have to worry about it anymore, you he's not the player. You need to give him a pretty big role. I think most of those teams have sixth man or have starting point guards that they trust more than D'Lo. I think the second tier is tanking teams who would take the money so they can clear the books yes. and you know I don't I don't really know I can't think of any of those teams off the top of my head that really would have taken him. Utah is actually a kind of a, a one that would make a little bit of sense, but then you probably need to attach assets to D'Lo because that's what we thought it would be at the beginning of the year. Why would, yeah, why would any of these tanking teams take this contract? If it didn't include an asset with them, with it. Right. The uh, Andrew Wiggins my... theory from a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, yes. And the third one is the Lakers who, the, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the Lakers do. You like that. They, they were the, always the perfect team because they think they're competing. They are in their minds. I think they they do always think they're contenders because they're the Los Angeles Lakers, and so they'll take the and contract. LeBron James, yeah, yeah, and they had Russell Westbrook, who they wanted to shift off. As well. He's even even worse version of the D'Lo contract. So oh, God, a much yeah. worse version of the D'Lo contract. So I think that it makes perfect sense that they were kind of like the middle team between the tanking teams and the contenders who would take on an expiring deal like Delos, And, you know, Delos a, a name, whether he's a good name in some people's minds or right. a bad name. Like, he's a name and LA love names. So, it makes perfect <laughs> sense, I think, that, that, he, that he went there. Yeah, I mean, side note, the biggest 
shame of watching that LeBron historic point game was uh, Russell Westbrook was also doing his thing that entire time. And it was just like, all right, man, get out of here. And he No one's that. wanted the spotlight more yeah. than Russ. My favorite is Thomas Bryant trying to get the entry oh, pass on yeah, the, the picture, shot. And he's gone now, traded immediately. Yeah. Yeah, so like good. LeBron walked straight into Rob Polinka's <laughs> office after that and said, "Like Thomas Bryant ruined, ruined my, my photo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, get him out." <laughs> no, it's good stuff. But I mean, yeah, statistically too, just to throw this in here, the D'Lo Gobert pairing last year was, I think, the eighth best two-man pairing at plus eight point eight. I mean, there's a reason. Like this Utah. Wait, wait, offense. was this D'Lo or Tomley? What did I say? I don't know. I, I thought you said D'Lo, but now I'm confused. If I said D'Lo completely wrong conley okay, gobert okay, okay. last year was the eighth best two-man pairing and i mean there's a reason this utah team consistently you know won 50 plus games with gobert and conley of course donovan mitchell but anthony edwards is here like these two can put it together i hope hope i mean that's that's the goal right and much more than d'angelo russell really ever did with gobert ever was willing to with gobert so unfortunately yeah. like for as yeah. much for as much as we and everyone else talk in the offseason about this D'Angelo Russell Rudy Gobert pairing being magical and electric holy crap that uh, fell apart and instead they just got the guy that it worked with so yeah, yeah. cool yeah I mean, it makes sense so I like it I like it again if you want to we can shift to moves they didn't make if you want or you you got anything else on D'Lo Conley uh yeah no not much I, I'm writing a, an article about it right now which is kind of um Similar to some things I've heard a few people say, which which annoyed me because I wanted to be the <laughs> one the one who wrote about it. But like the the main thing with Conley, I think that, because I think some people, uh, probably people especially who are po- are opposed to the deal, would be like D'Lo's a really good playmaker, and I agree with that. I think D'Lo is a pretty sick passer, yeah. when, especially when he's in the mood to to do it. But the difference <laughs> is that he to Conley is that Conley plays on. Like I think he learned to play on the same wavelength as Gobert in terms of timing and speed and you know the ability to to hezzy when you're at the free throw line before taking two more steps just so so Rudy can get behind the defense and then throw lobs. Like it, it's it's not just Conley's shooting really bad at the rim this season and really bad from floater range as well, which is unlike him. But he was still really good with Kessler. Um, he was still really good with Mark and then when he was as a, being used as a role man. And I mean, you can just go on whatever website, you know, NBA.com or um, the high low, which is an awesome website to, and look at the possessions from last season. I mean, I put out a video on Twitter last night that was, I think two minutes long. And that was probably the first seven games of the season from last season with, with Conley and Rudy. And there were more alley-oops and more, dump off passes to Gobert in the dunker spot than there has been all season this season with D'Lo. So it's, I think people are going to be, even though we've all, all the Timberwolves media guys have been talking about this for the last few days, like people are going to be surprised at how easily Conley links up with Rudy because we are just so starved of that connection. True. Not just from D'Lo, but from Ant as well. I mean, even no, though Cat, Cat was pretty good with it, but like, like, D- like Conley's much better than Cat at it. He's much better than Kyle Anderson at it. And we all think we've been Kyle hyping Anderson's... up the Kyle yeah, Anderson like... Rudy connection like once per game. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like Conley will probably get two or three assists to Gobert at the rim every night. And that's, I just can't. Like, Gobert's, I, I don't know what's that right now, but for a long time, he was in the first percentile in terms of like offensive 
on-off numbers. And like, if you get him to the 50th percentile, which is still not a great offensive player, like the Timberwolves will be way better. Way, 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 way better. better. Yep. Like, I don't know in the West anymore if that matters. Like, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> May if you as well even, try, though. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know if you can get above the seventh seed <sighs> anymore, but it'll be better to watch. It'll be better next season still. And it obviously has a lot of salary implications as well. So that's probably my... And I've ranted a lot since I've been here already, but like that's probably my encapsulating thoughts on um on Conley, really. Yeah, I mean we're pretty in line once again. I think we've got a similar take here that it just kind of needed to be done, and it should hypothetically work well. It's less of a hypothetical than the Delo one was because Gobert was over here, and we were all thinking it would work. But this is more of a knowing it will work because we've seen it, right? We've seen it, so yeah, it, it could yeah. fall apart, but it's much less likely to. So that's where we're at. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyways, did the, you think they were going to yeah. trade Nas? Did you think they were going to trade Man, Nas? I did. I, I did. It Especially after, well, I guess there's, you know, the Delo trade made it more likely so you could extend him. But to me, the Delo trade, I guess we're seeing stuff come out now, but in large part was salary stuff. So I thought Nas, you know, they're not probably not going to re-sign him with everything the way it is. So I thought they're going to trade him too. You're getting five second round picks for, you know, Jake painting out there. So I thought, hey, we'll be able to flip Nas. Hey man, from... I can hit corner threes, bro. <laughs> and especially, okay, I'll tell you. So I was streaming the deadline up for like the last 45 minutes. Yeah. And the Pat Bev news drops. And the last 20 minutes of it, of the stream, was probably me just going, trade Nas for second rounders and get Pat Bev in here right now. <laughs> and then Dane, shout out Dane tweeted out the thing he tweeted out like they're working on it and oh my god i never can go back to that video because i was like we have news pat bev is coming to minnesota <laughs> i'm gonna clip that up when he when he gets oh, bought out and signs for, for the lakers it was so or for, bad dude uh, not for the lakers but you know for phoenix so i'm gonna clip that up with you saying we got pat terrible bev. but yeah i mean i thought they were gonna and i wanted them to flip nas i think i think you flip him in the offseason, you try, well, then they can't now, but hypothetically, if it was me, I would have traded Nas for whatever second-round pick compensation you can get. You bring in a, a buyout candidate, whoever, and you give Luca Garza some type of Gupta special deal in the offseason, maybe, and just kind of yeah. replace Nas with Garza, ride it out, but Nas remains, Noel remains, everyone else remains. I would have I would have traded Nas for a few seconds tonight. There was definitely a market there, right? There had to have been. So yeah, oh, there there definitely was. I mean, they could have traded him for Bones for sure. Oh they, yeah, they, I, there's no way they would have. Denver would have preferred two seconds over Nas. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I would have traded him as well. I just think that 
it's not every year like back out bigs and you know my takes on Nas are not I'm yeah. not as high as most people on Nas. So I think he's a perennial backup big, which is fine, but I just don't think backup bigs are hot talking points on the market and hot topics, you know, and 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 someone who has a little bit of blossoming value every season. I don't think there's any guarantee. In fact, I think there's probably a smaller market that if you sign Nas today for four years and 40 million, I think there's a, I don't think he ever get as much value as he had right now. Like, I don't think he's going to be a starter level player ever, which is probably a, a hot take in the fan base. And I like, I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's a backup. Big right. can You're just you. not super high on him. Yeah. I just think he's not a good defender. Um, he, he'll probably never be as enough of a good defender to be a starting center. And, you know, he's really intriguing as a, as an offensive player, but I still think there's a lot of growth before you'd be like, yep, yeah, he's definitely a first round pick guy or you go in and get a young player and, you know, multiple picks for, for Nas. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. So again, if it was me, I would have just pulled the trigger on the value that he has right now. Keep restocking your, your cupboards with picks and you have too many centers on the roster. Like this roster would make more sense if you had one less center and one more Pat Bev. Or one, yeah, just one more, or one more shoot or a shooter. I think even, I mean, Bryn Forbes has been terrible this season, so that is not a good example. But like, it probably makes more sense from an outside on pay per view if you had one less center and one more Bryn Forbes. Like, one more what it, Bryn Forbes is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah or just you know that position or or a yeah. wing who can shoot. Which there's plenty around the lead that you could get, kind of you know off waivers or in the buyout market or just players who Seth don't Curry have a type of player. I mean, yeah, he's in rumors, yeah. right? Like, yeah, on. I just think you probably could have moved Nas, but, and it, I mean, they need to, they need to extend him now. Cause then it makes no sense. Like, it, it doesn't, but why would Nas want to resign here? I, I don't know. Unless they, maybe they just, he just, I don't know. I mean, does some, does another team give him 10 million a season? Like, I don't know if they do. I, I, I think maybe he's best. There's always be, one. There's always yeah, one team. Man. I mean, you know, you're three days into the, free agency period and all the good players are yeah. gone and someone gets a mid-level exception. So I don't know I, if they don't sign him, then it makes no sense because you had a chance to move him for either a young player. If you could, could have got bones. I mean, I'm not a big bones Highland fan either, to be honest. Like, I just think that no, me neither. that, that Jalen Noel bones Highland archetype is probably my least favorite archetype. <laughs> Annoying of as hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But like, as a, in in terms of asset management and value propositions, like you just pull the trigger on that because Bones is under contract and Nas isn't. So, well, it, I also like. Yes, they have to resign him, but I don't want Nas for ten mil behind no, Towns and the, Gobert. Like the what are shine, we doing? the shine of Nas Reed wears off really quickly if you have to pay him ten million dollars a year. That's it more than what Kyle Anderson sense. made. That'd be. Jeez. I mean, he, I guess it's like maybe okay if he if Gobert was never traded for, and Nas is just a backup center, I can talk myself into it. But it no, like no, and he can't play the four. Every time Nas is at the four, everything seems to just fall apart. He's to me yeah. just purely a center, and he's behind two All NBA centers. What do you? Yeah. Why? I mean, it doesn't is, make any sense to me. This is probably disingenuous because you know there's guys that are going to get max contracts. Like Ant's probably going, Ant is going to get a max, and Jaden's probably going to get a hundred million or something. But like Nas Reed at ten million dollars would be the third highest paid player on the team right now, fourth behind Conley actually. So like 
you know, a $10 million player is at least, has to be at least in your best six or seven players, especially considering how much money is tied up into the the core of this team. So, like, if you're going to pay more than Kyle Anderson and Torian Prince, then I just feel like you're probably not getting enough value out of him because those guys, like that, I, I mean, Torian Prince and Kyle Anderson were on the free agency market, so... That's their value. Well, it was at least in the off season was nine million dollars a year. So, like, you're losing out value wise if you're signing Nas Reed for ten million because market value says right now that he, that means he's better than Anderson and Prince. And obviously he's younger, but you know, right, he'll like, be twenty four next season. But I'll be still. shocked if he's ever better than either of those two players. Right. Yeah. For sure. It's just I don't. It, I'm like lost for words here because it makes no sense to me to not trade him. It just, yeah, it is what it is. Like maybe they just ride it out, let him walk, you know, have some fun with it down the stretch. But like, that's just kind of malpractice. If you can get four yeah. second oh, well, round picks. The argument is that they need him right now. Like Gobert. True. Is, I mean, maybe Carl's not as far as long as we think. Yeah. And yeah. Gobert's chronically, you know, injured this season with just, with just little needles. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and <laughs> there's no, there's no denying that Nas Reed has won them games this season. Yeah. In a pretty crucial season. Like they can't miss the playoffs this year. Like they're not going to go far in it, but if they came 11, it would be, a, <laughs> it would be a disaster. So maybe it's just like, True. we just have Nas Reed and we come seventh and you know, we we take that as his value that he got us to that position and maybe he re-signs and maybe he doesn't. So I would understand that. I mean, I still think it's dumb, but at least <laughs> at least it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, and um, this isn't like Nas hate or anything. Like, hey, Nas is fun, but like... Yeah, oh, Nas, Nas is super fun. And, you know, I don't think there was any of us listening that wasn't um, off the couch when he when he got that dunk against Golden State a few well, a week or two ago on and multiple times this season. Like he's a fun ass player, but yeah. I just think when you start paying like you said, once you start paying him ten million a year, he he needs to be more than just fun. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Can't also be behind two all NBA centers at yeah, that position. Yeah. Makes no it, it's weird. And then the other guy, I guess, is Jalen Noel, who I'm fine with that. They were going to get maybe, maybe like the Bones Highland package at most for a guy like Noel. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, cool he kind of tanked his own value this year. Yeah. I mean, he was great last night, but I think him I mean, next to Jordan McLaughlin, I like it. So, yeah, I think Noel, again, like Noel, that archetype of player is not my favorite type of player. But if you're going to get one second round pick for him or maybe two really bad ones, you're probably better off just hoping that he comes good. And yeah. that he gives you something now and, and maybe even in the playoffs if he can kind of get on a hot streak or, he, you know, wins you a play-in game because he scores 19 off the bench or something. Like, I think, you know, you're probably better off at just just hoping that he comes good because I don't even think he would have got the Bones Highland deal for him. Like, he's just never right. – he's not – his reputation is worse than Bones. And he's been worse this season, way worse than Bones, like – I think Bones averaging like 13 points, shooting almost 40% from three. Like, is he really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, he has, he's terrible defensively, Bones. Oh, yeah. And he's a ball hog. But, like, at least he, this thing, the one thing at he does, he do, scores when he hugs. Yeah. The ball. <laughs> is he's good. Whereas, like, Noel this season has been a ball hog who is ineffective and inefficient and, you know, kind of tanks the team when he's on the court. So, like, I think... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they just got no calls on Noel or maybe a team was offering 
you know, a future yeah. se- one future second or something like that. Future second, the lesser of three teams or yeah, something like yeah. that. <laughs> so like you just keep you just keep him and hope that yeah. maybe he win he won them a game last night. Like he was the best player on the floor last night. So yeah, you know, for sure. You you hope that he comes good and like you said, playing with um J Mac might be exactly what he needs. Yeah, shout out Jordan McLaughlin, by the way. What a blessing to have that the guy goat, back. The goat, man, the goat. <laughs> he hasn't had a good game still, yet, but I still right. love him. Conley McLaughlin duo. Ooh, yeah, that's good fun. vibes. That's a good yeah. vibe. Like Conley's a good vibes guy. I feel like. I mean, yeah. I, I shared it on my Twitter at Jake Painting. I'm like, I'm, I'm having a brain fart on who wrote the piece, but it was a. I was looking at it before we started. Yeah, it was it was a Utah um, centric piece that they that was written last night after the trade, and like, oh my god. There is no way anyone would have ever written an article like that about D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. Like this was just Salt Lake every, Tribune, by the way. Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, every player in that Utah locker room was devastated that Conley got traded. Uh, vocally devastated. Uh, Walker Kessler looked like he was about to cry in his post-game interview, and he has obviously been with Conley for what three or four months. Like I've I've got a Jordan Clarkson quote for you about Conley. Right, hit me. It's uh, him, the thing he's going to miss most about Conley, him being accepting of everything and everybody, having an understanding. The guy was like Yoda, honestly. I mean, Yoda. if you don't want that, what do you bro, want? Like, bro, come, come on. on. Yeah, like, I want more Yodas on the team. Yeah. Him and Kyle Anderson are like, you know, the Jedi, the Jedi mind tricks. Yeah, absolutely, like, man. <laughs> so more, more players like that, I think, can never be a bad thing. And, you know, next to Noel next to Ant, next to Cat, who are all pretty volatile and erratic players. I mean, Easily Ant, influenced, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think Ant has probably dialed it back into every night consistency, at least on the court, you know. So, like, I mean, that made it sound like he's not a good person off the court, but I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know about off the court. Right, but, like, right. on the court, I think Ant is less erratic than he used to be. But, like, Noel, Cat is super erratic. I just think you get more... <laughs> Uh, level-headed adults around those guys on the court, and it can only be a good thing. And again, like go and read that article. Um, it's on my Twitter. It's it's two thousand words of just players praising Mike Conley's professionalism, his on-court leadership. I mean, the way he handled himself in the locker room, the way he he made that young and feisty team into a team that at the start of the season looked like they were genuinely going to be like a playoff team and that was weird (laughs) like they i think they didn't directly i think obviously all those good players on that team um had a say in that but i think a lot of those guys credit it credit mike conley to to being the guy who who kept them sane. i think rudy gay actually said he's the guy who kept me sane over the last two years so like it's a pretty ringing endorsement, you know, when an, when another 15-year vet is saying those kind of things about him. Yeah, and the, the Jazz are going to fall apart now, by the way. That's, Which is good, because yes. the Wolves need more Western Conference teams to be bad. <laughs> Especially with uh, the Suns, they will not be bad. So that's... No, I, th- I, I that's... don't... I, I don't... Like I said earlier, I don't see a way that they... I mean, there's a way, but I think right now you'd, I'd be shocked if the Wolves got above seventh and really through no fault of their own. Like they would, they could play good basketball for the rest of the season. And like, yeah. maybe the Clippers continue to kind of, but the Clippers have been pretty good in the last few weeks. 
The Kings you got a bank a on a, a Kyrie thing happening. Something yeah, weird I mean, going on there a in flat Dallas. Earth, a flat Earth <laughs> Dallas theory would be nice. The Kings coming back to Earth. I don't know if that's True. ever going to happen. Like they're they're good. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna, there's seven teams ahead of the Wolves right now. The Pelicans. It'd be. I mean, that's just to get the seventh. So that pa- that Pelicans Wolves playing games now go crazy. That's that true. Zion. That Zion. Or, or Wolves and... Lakers, man. The seven and the. I would event. hate. I would hate <laughs> I to would play do. the Lakers. Oh my god, it would game. kill me. And they would lose. The Wolves would lose that game. And D- LeBron is. Yeah, and Malik Beasley would shimmy in front of the bench. Malik Beasley. Anyways, <laughs> fun guy, but him and Vando are shipped off together in a package every calendar year. That's yeah. Feel Poor bad, Vando. For real, yeah. I mean, I got my Vando, and I, you can see, I got my Vando top on right now. Oh, hell yeah. That Love that. In, love honor that. Of our, in honor of our fallen soldier <laughs> who has to go and play with, I mean, in one of the nicest cities. Yeah, he's got to go world. play in LA, man. I feel yeah, terrible. I'm, sh- I'm sure he hates going from... Minnesota to Utah to LA. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's just oh, he's Malik Beasley's going to get arrested in the first three days. I just realized <laughs> that. Bees is going to be dating Jennifer Aniston in the next week. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Yeah, and also um on D'Lo, I guess you know the ringing endorsements for teammates. He got a captionless Instagram story from Carl Anthony Towns, but aside from that, not quite a yeah. two thousand word uh, essay yeah. from anybody. So. Yeah, we'll see, man. Cryptid cat back at it again. <laughs> He's unbelievable. He's yeah. unbelievable, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I love him. I just think that all of them, none of them will care. Obviously, from you know, Gobert's probably going to be pretty happy, but I think even the guys who liked D'Lo, I, I don't want to make it out like he was some locker room cancer because it seemed like Ant got along with him really well. It seems like obviously Cat was, even if it wasn't as what it was the made best out to be friends i want to yeah. hear in like 10 years them just like or carl just because after carl reto- retires he might talk and i mean cat so. perpetuated that as well Dude, more than any of the media that or anything video like, off the plane yeah, like, oh my yeah. god that was a weird era <laughs> but i just think that like i think it would it would be similar to ricky rubio in the in the way that Everyone seemed devastated when Ricky went and probably were devastated because Ricky's awesome in the locker room. But then they all love Pat Bev because he came and replaced right. him and they all loved him as well. So I just think that anyone who is uh, upset that <laughs> the D'Lo's gone will probably be happy when they have spent a few months around Conley who <laughs> yeah. wins awards for his... You know, I think what was it? You know, the sportsmanship award that the NBA give out every year. Three-time winner, Mike Conley. So, um, you know, I'm sure they were all will all learn to to love him in the way they love D'Lo, and the ones who didn't like D'Lo will probably be relieved that he's gone. Yeah, I think I'm gonna change my Twitter handle to like Conley the Goat or something, and just be like the most obnoxious Mike Conley yeah, fan Mac, or something. Mac just... Eleven. Yeah, t- t- yeah, take over for the uh, D'Lo fans that are unfortunately leaving us now. Just be the be the Conley guy, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I can already f- I feel so much weight off my shoulders, like the weight of Twitter abuse just lifting Dude, off my shoulders. It's like, do the are there actually people who only cheer for D'Lo on the first stream that I did, like the post game stream post D'Lo trade? There was like five guys that came into the chat and were like, "Hey." I only follow D'Lo. It was good knowing you. Like, we'll we're leaving oh, yeah. the streams now. I was like, oh shit! All right, like. It's wild, man. 
Yeah, they, it is. Even wilder when you think that those are people who willingly chose to <laughs> start to follow the Timberwolves and the D'Angelo Russell. Like that's... Oh, and they were, they because like on Twitter, they'd be like, I hate the Timberwolves. Like, and I saw Same. one, it was um, Same. Yeah, you, we've had yeah. to watch them for 25 yeah. years though. So, uh, you know, you'll learn to accept that you hate the Timberwolves and it becomes a part of your DNA. Yep. My favorite one was um, LeBron better let D'Lo play his game, which was, I thought, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, D-Lo, like Bron, Bron in there, just that, like, seeding possessions to D'Lo. <laughs> Oh man. Anyways, we're we've reached this point of the recording. We always seem to, but yeah, kind of say that goes into it. Delir- delirium in the yeah, last yeah. five minutes of our podcast. <laughs> it's good stuff though. Jake, thanks as always for hopping on. I'm sure I'll have you on again soon. And this is going on yours too, right? Yes, this will be on mine. So thank you to everyone for listening. And obviously, um if you're only listening to mine then go and check out trooper at timbles daily youtube but yeah all the people who are watching on just yours um i appreciate kind of you know listening to me ramble for 45 minutes <laughs> yes sir they appreciate you as well we all do so see you later it was Thanks, fun man. yes Thanks.